Hi, listeners. This is Understand South Carolina, a weekly news podcast from the Post and Courier. I'm Emily Williams. And I'm Gavin McIntyre. For our first episode of the new year, we're tackling a controversial issue, the design of the South Carolina flag. When the Post and Courier published a story about a standardized flag design that historians had chosen after months of deliberation, people kind of hated it. Some compared the palmetto tree to a toilet brush or Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Gavin, what did you think of it? So I missed the initial story on the new design, but I saw the response on Twitter to the flag and people had, you know, very strong criticism. So I went to look at it and it was quite interesting. Um, You know, the color looked the same, you know, the crescent looked what I expected, but the tree is what really stood out to me, which, you know, obviously stood out to a lot of other people. And I was just like, wow, that's, um, that's, that's a palmetto tree. All right. Yeah, I know. That's definitely a theme that we found is that if people had a problem with anything, it was with that tree. So we're going to hear from reporter Avery Wilkes about why the state was working on a flag redesign in the first place and why people seemed to dislike it so much. We're also going to hear from one of the people working on the flag design to answer one of the questions that we know you've been wondering. Why does the tree look like that? I'm Avery Wilkes, and I'm a, a projects reporter for the Post and Courier based in Columbia. And I've covered the state house and politics and done a lot of local and statewide investigative journalism for the, for the Post and Courier over the past year. So before we get into how people reacted to this design, let's go back to why this was happening in the first place. Why were people working on a state flag design? Didn't we already have one? That's a great question that I've been posed probably dozens of times on Twitter over the past uh, couple weeks. Uh, in 2018, this Newberry political consultant, Scott Maliark, brought it to the attention of lawmakers that, no, we actually don't have a state flag design. We haven't had a standardized version since 1940 when it was repealed by state lawmakers. So, you know, the version that you see on uh, the Statehouse Dome might differ from the version you see on the field at williams Bryce Stadium or on your t-shirt or on your ball ball cap or uh, wherever else. It, it's sort of, you know, the, the various aspects of the design have been left up to individual flag designers, which to Scott kind of irked him because he, you know, he's a history guy and he doesn't think that the flag that's on the Statehouse Dome should be, you know, that the details of it should be left up to who whoever submitted the lowest bid to the state, you know, to have that flying. So he brought it to the attention of lawmakers. And fundamentally, they agreed with that, that we should, you know, as a state, we have a really great flag. So so we should have a a uniform design. The question became, all right, what is that design? Do we take aspects of designs that have already been created over the past few decades or do we come up with something on our own? So they created a kind of a, a panel of various historians, put Scott Malyark on it, and they basically told them, you figure it out. You know, you go and study the history of the flag and, and try to figure out what, you know, if we're going to do this, what should it be? So, you know, they they met a few times. They actually did a good bit of research. They brought in, you know, museums. Uh, they talked to archaeologists. They tried to find the earliest versions of, of the flag and, and try to design a, a new one that 
is really rooted in those historical elements. In that respect, they did a really good job. Uh, I mean, this group included, in addition to Malyurk, the Department of Archives and History director, Eric Emerson. It included Walter Edgar, who's perhaps South Carolina's best-known historian, who's known across the South. These were people that were really passionate about this. And perhaps that blinded them to what the flag ultimately looked like. I know it did me. I'm kind of a history buff. And, you know, when I first wrote the story about the flag, I can't even say that I noticed how bad the palmetto tree looked. Uh, And I think that, you know, they were so enamored in these historical elements that maybe they didn't even take a look and see, you know, is this, does this flag actually look good before they put it out there as the final version for the public? We haven't had a design since 1940. And the first thing that comes to mind is, why have we gone so long without a design? I think people didn't know that we don't have a design. You know, I, I keep getting this question, why can't we just go back to the old flag? And the answer is, there is no old flag. You know, there is no standard design. Everyone knows what the flag looks like. It's all over the place. You know, it's in your classroom when you're growing up in elementary school. It's, it's one of the most popular things that you'll find at gift shops around South Carolina. It's so iconic. It's one of the few state flags that is objectively good. It's such a popular thing. I think everyone took for for granted that that's our state flag. And I I just don't think people knew. So you were saying that you maybe like the members of the group who are putting this design forward, that when you saw it and first wrote about it, you didn't necessarily think of the aesthetics, I guess, and what people would think about them. What was the initial reaction when you first put a story out there saying, you know, this is the design that they've worked on, this is the one that they've selected? When did it kind of become clear that there was a bit of a consensus on how people were feeling about it? It was almost immediate. Once I tweeted it, it started to take off almost universal scorn. I think like within a few hours, I tweeted, you know, hey, everybody hates this, Uh, you know, and it, it at first, you know, anything you put on on Twitter, people are going to hate. Twitter is just a very great forum for scorn and, and hate and criticism. So at first I was kind of like, ah, you know, maybe this is just Twitter. But after a while, you know, people that I consider to be reasonable, uh, people that I follow on Twitter were, were going after it. And then when I started to take a serious look at it, uh, I was like, you know, that this flag does kind of suck. You know, the, the palmetto, <laughs> the palmetto tree is it's pretty flimsy. It's pretty pathetic. How did I not see this before? You know, why was I so blinded? And I do think it's because the the history buff in me was just so impressed by the amount of work that these guys did that I didn't even consider that the flag could be bad. I started to see the the comments, you know, the people saying it looks like the tree was addicted to drugs for a while. People saying it looks like the tree survived a hurricane, uh, that it looks like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. And the more those things started to <laughs> kind of hit with me and, you know, it, it became quickly apparent that this was not going to fly. And then it became a matter of, all right, what, what happens next? Do they really, do they push this flag on people and say, all right, this is the one we're passing? Do they go back to the trolling ward? Do they wrap it all together? And so that's when I started thinking about, I need to write a second story. I think one of the claims that kind of stood out to me was the comparison of the palmetto tree branches to Freddy Krueger's fingers, which, you know, when you really look at it, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one of the first ones that came in. I thought that was the, the most original of the ones I saw. I guess, why do you think, you know, the response was so strong? I mean, no one really didn't say care, but, you know, didn't really say, oh, that's the, that's our flag. You know, why do you think the response was so strong now? Our flag is objectively good. People have a lot of pride in it. And if you're going to mess with something like that, please don't mess it up. Please don't ruin this, this great thing that 
that people like about our state. And, you know, this was the shade of indigo had very few critics. I think it, it, it's a nice, dark, rich shade. The the crescent, you know, people are kind of whatever about that. But the tree, you got to get the tree right. It's we're the Palmetto State. You know, it's a it's a, such an important, iconic symbol for our state that you can't have it looking like a like a tumbleweed or a, a bunch of random forks sticking in different directions, which it, it kind of does. So I, I think people are just really prideful about that symbol. So we actually spoke with one of the people fielding all of this criticism, Scott Maliark, who's been working on this project of of coming up with a standardized flag. So let's hear from Scott. I am Scott Maliark. I live in Newberry, South Carolina. I was appointed to the state flag study committee by the Speaker of the House last year, and our charge was to come up with a flag design to be adopted by the General Assembly to serve as our uh, unified, approved official South Carolina flag. So I want to start with some of the history here. What's the story behind South Carolina's flag? It's, I think, one of the better known flags in the United States just because it is uh, pretty unique. So what's the story behind our flag? Well, it is unique, and it it has been one of the most popular state flags in the country uh, next to Texas. There's a um, a leading flag authority in the country who wrote a book called Good Flag, Bad Flag. He actually picked South Carolina's flag as one of the best in the country. It's very simple. It's poignant. It's historical. You know, a lot of us have it on our shirts, our ties, our hats, our glasses, and you name it. So it's very historic. And it it really started back during the Revolutionary War, where uh, our soldiers wore a crescent on their caps, on their uniform. We, we move forward to uh, the creation of our flag by Moultrie back during that time period, William Moultrie, and he put the crescent on the flag. And at different times, the crescent pointed up, it pointed left, it pointed diagonally. Sometimes it pointed directly in the opposite direction. We, we looked at the flag and, we, and there's three essential points that we wanted to, to, to address with the flag. One was the color. One was the crescent, and one was the, the palmetto tree. Those are the, really the three items that needed to be talked about. We utilized the resources of Smithsonian Institution in Washington on some of the flags that have been kept from, from 1776 and, and so forth. And we found and utilized the second regimental flag for our troops in the Revolutionary War, and that we used that color. Uh, we used some of the symbols on, on that flag, including the crescent, which was on that flag back then, this is way before the Civil War, to take and to incorporate officially in, in our new, slightly new design. We've had, historically, we've had two periods of time in South Carolina where we had two official flags. One was 1861 to 1910, and then from 1910 to 1940. Those periods each saw an official recognized flag by the General Assembly. And then they rescinded that in 1940. I'm not sure why, but since that time, we have not had an official flag. A lot of folks are, are asked, well, what are you, why are you messing with the flag? What, what, what's wrong with our flag? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. But the flag that flew over, that flies over the state house today is slightly different than one that flew over the state house for the last about 30, 30 years. I noticed about four years ago, walking across the state house grounds, that the flag had changed somewhat from the flag I used to see over the dome for about 25, 30 years. I wondered why. why. Why Why did the flag change? The palmetto tree and the crescent looked a little different. 
And I could tell from, from the grounds of the state house. So I asked my state representative, Rick Martin from Newberry, to see if he could help me look into it. And he did. And he found out that the state recently had purchased new flags. And they, they used a new flag manufacturer to purchase those flags from. And that manufacturer had a different palmetto tree on, on, in their stock. And so I thought that was strange and that we'd, we left the design of our historic state flag up to some many, many low bidding manufacturer someplace. And, and so uh, Representative Martin thought that was strange, too. And um, I talked to our state senator, uh, Ronnie Cromer from Newberry, and they each put a bill into the legislature looking for a standardized flag. They, ch- they created this committee to go back and research what that flag should look like based on history. Wanted to ask about some of the specific components of the flag. The crescent that you mentioned, I think a lot of people think that that's a moon because of the placement next to the palmetto tree, but that's not the case, right? That's correct. I mean, if you look at our flag, you'll see a tree and what looks like a moon. So it makes sense to say, well, it's a piece of nature, right? But it's not a moon, uh, really. And then folks who have, have read about the flag and read about history and military history say, well, that's a gorget. What that is, is a decorative metal plate that kind of sits around a soldier's neck and hangs down beneath his neck that kind of protected his neck, but turned into a decorative accoutrement to to their uniforms. However, that we have found nothing in our research that indicates that that's the case for that either. It could be, but but there's nothing that says during the creation of this flag, that's what it came from. Our research shows that it actually, that, that crescent is something that goes back to British heraldry, believe it or not. Um, it's a symbol for a uh, second son. Uh, many prominent families in, in England had symbols for their families and for their offspring. And if you were a second son of a prominent family, the crescent was your, your symbol, your, your logo, so to speak. And one of our early settlers and leaders in the low country, South Carolina, was William Bull, B-U-L-L, and he, he had that symbol as a part of his, for lack of a better phrase, letterhead. And he was the second son in his family. And many folks believe that we use the flag from the 2nd Res- Regiment in South Carolina. Moultrie's second son in South Carolina was kind of the second coming of England in America. And so there were a lot of seconds involved. And so that's what we looked at and, and found really nothing that said it was a gorget or, you know, or a moon. So um, it gets a little detailed. It gets a little fuzzy. But um, that's, that's what our, our extensive research uh, showed it to be. Based on comments that people had about the design that was, was chosen, it, it seemed to be that if people didn't like the design, they had an issue with the tree. Uh, so I wanted to ask about that. How did you find that particular design for a palmetto tree? And where did that come from? And, and why was it chosen? Well, the tree was put on the flag. History shows us because the palmetto tree, Fort Moultrie's walls were made from palmetto logs during the Revolutionary War. And when South Carolina was attacked by the British, they attacked Fort Moultrie and the the cannonballs hit the fort and just bounced right off because of the quality of the, the flexibility of the palmetto tree. It didn't do much damage. And so those trees actually protected the fort. And, and, and from that time on, the trees look vastly different than, than were on our flag. Each flag almost had a different tree on it. Nothing was unified. It was uh, palmetto trees, big, small, thin, ugly. 
back in 1910, when the state of South Carolina was looking to adopt an official flag, someone was actually asked to, to come up with a sketch for a palmetto tree for the flag. And um, a woman was actually paid $15 for her design work. Um, and we've got in our report the original sketch that looks kind of look kind of looks like the flag we we came up with that she submitted and what they ultimately used. Our charge by the General Assembly was to come up with an historic a flag based on history, historical data, and so that's what we did. Um, we used Ellen Hayward Jervey, uh, her design that she did in 1910, the basis of that flag that we that we put forth now. But you're right, we got a lot of response back on the tree. You can ask 10 different people, get 10 different responses about how they like a tree. The responses that you've received from some people, there's definitely been criticism. Some people were pretty harsh about that tree in particular. Uh, What was your own response to that? Were you surprised? We um, we had a five-member committee. We all agreed on this design to put forth. We all agreed on the color. We all agreed on the crescent. We all agreed on the tree. I was surprised about the, the amount of interest that existed out there because it just didn't seem to be a whole lot in the very beginning. You look at Twitter, you look at Facebook, you look at websites, emails and things. And, and, and uh, I would say there was a pretty, pretty high percentage of, of comments that were, were not favorable to the tree, which is fine. I, I didn't expect, you know, a lot of folks called it the Charlie Brown palmetto tree. It looked like it just came through Hurricane Hugo or, you know, a number of comments that were um, less, less nice. I think it's great. And I think it's, you know, one of those things that message received Thanks, thanks for commenting. We appreciate it. I think our committee is looking at getting back together again to put forth um, something new uh, and, and do an amendment to the bill so we can add another version, but still based on his, historical data of the flag. Like you said, there's there's really been a strong response, and I know you've heard from a lot of people. What do you think that response, whether it was, you know, criticism or people sharing ideas. What do you think that says about South Carolinians and their connection to this flag? They have a strong connection to it because a lot of folks have that. It's a symbol for the state and it's a symbol people are proud of. Um, I've got probably 20 ties with different palmetto trees on it, different colors, different stripes. I've got shirts, hats with it, and and you see them everywhere. And it's a a great logo for our state and, and something people obviously care about. That's why we've, I've gotten a number of folks who've submitted to me their own designs, some of which are, are look pretty good, some of which are, are a little um, in need of help, but that's fine. I think, it's, I think it's great people are taking interest in something. Now, this, the bill that's going to the General Assembly won't fix our roads, it won't lower our taxes, it won't help our education system, but it's something that, you know, if we have a state reptile, we have a state drink, and a state dance, why can't we have an official state flag? So we heard from Scott Maliark, who's on the committee, and they seem to be taking this in stride and viewing the response as a positive. You know, they might have gotten some strong criticisms and reaction, but at least people seem to be interested and engaged in making suggestions. I guess, what are some of the responses you've heard from readers? This was a productive moment in this flag debate, if only because it has opened people's eyes to the fact that we don't have a standardized flag and that that might be something that should be addressed. You know, especially in the General Assembly, one of the the hurdles that this whole design faced was that there are a lot of lawmakers who probably didn't see the point 
in standardizing the flag or or in picking a new design. There's 170 lawmakers and they have a lot of things on their plate this year from Santa Cooper to the budget to COVID-19, education, etc. So I'm sure many of them might have wondered a new flag design, what is that even about? Why we already have a flag design. So this this whole furor over the flag has probably helped pave that understanding in people that we don't have a design that that might be something we, we want to address. And I, I don't think it would take that much time in the legislature if they want to do that. So, yeah, I mean, th- this has certainly been a productive debate and it's, it's good that the historians have taken this, this criticism in stride, but and I think it's something that to your point about what have readers been saying, we got hundreds and hundreds of, of tweets, emails, people have called me and left voicemails. People have called me and just talked to me on the phone about this People are really engaged in this issue in a way that they, I don't think, have ever been before, at least for a couple centuries. This is a, a moment when the iron is is hot, so to speak, for this debate. And if lawmakers want to do something about it, this, this might be the right time. And from those calls and emails and the response, did people offer up any you know specific suggestions on what should be incorporated in the second attempt? Should it be you know, replace the Palmetto Tree altogether, or should we change how it looks, or should we go back to, you know, the flag that's on the state house? I guess, what were some of the suggestions people were making? I think a lot of people want some version of the previous flags. There's like four main versions that you can see going around Twitter. I think some people are saying, why, why don't we just let people vote on these on these versions, or, or let's just take, let people vote on like the four versions of the Crescent, let people vote on the four versions of the Palmetto Tree, and then we'll just combine two most popular versions and, and call it a day. That I mean that may potentially be an option. There have also been people that have submitted their their own designs. Not sure how far that's going to go, but credit them for for trying. I think most people simply just want a better looking tree. They want more robust fronds on the palmetto. They, they want it to look more. I guess, professional without sounding too harsh to the original creators. I think people appreciate the historical nature of, of the of the current design. The fact that, you know, the, the historians did their best to try to root it in the earliest versions, but sometimes aesthetics are, are more important. And I wanted to clear up one thing, something that some critics have said is, you know, why has there been taxpayer money, you know, spent on this? Was any money actually put into the process of developing this flag design? No, and I understand the sentiment. There there have been a lot of different cities and local governments all over the country that have spent huge amounts of money coming up with new marketing slogans or new flags or new logos, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, taxpayer money on on things like that. And you know, even when they're done, people hate them. So I get, I get that concern, but we checked in on this and no, you know, Mal Yerk was a volunteer. These, this, this panel sort of, you know, they wanted to do this. They, they volunteered their, their time and efforts. They weren't paid a whole bunch of money to focus group this. And I think the proof of of, of that is in the pudding that if they had focus group this, perhaps this would not be the design they came up with. They do if it's a, an improvement, you know, because we've had various designs over the past, you know, since 1940, and people have grown up with various designs that they've just, you know, had in front of their house or where they work. Do you think people still kind of hold on to the old designs? That's a good question. Um, 
I think the best answer is it depends on what we come up with. If we come up with something that looks too similar to this, probably not. There's also the sentiment that no matter what these people come up with, it's going to be heavily criticized online. It's going to be under the microscope. And so they're in a tough spot in that respect. But I do think that there is a like an overwhelming sentiment that we want to get this right. And, and hopefully this panel is given a chance to do that. And if they can get it right, I don't, I don't see why lawmakers would want to fight that. I can see why lawmakers would say we don't want to waste time debating a flag when we've got other important issues uh, on our plate. That, that may still be the number one hurdle to getting this across the finish line. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just really up to the panel to get it right this time. That's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. What did you think of the flag design? Write to us at understandsc at postandcourier.com or tweet us at understandsc to let us know. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other people find our show. Thanks. We'll be back next week. Understand South Carolina is a production of The Post and Courier. Our music is by Billy Fountain. You can stream his music on Spotify at Billy Fountain. We'd love to know what you think of this show. You can reach us at understandsc at postandcourier.com or on Twitter at understandsc. If you're a fan of this show, please rate and review us on the Apple Podcasts app. Keep up with the latest headlines at postandcourier.com. We'll see y'all next week.